Amen. You may be seated. So good to see you. So glad that you are here. Let me ask you a question. Can you say that? Can you say that Jesus Christ is your living hope? Can you say that without a shadow of a doubt? That Jesus is your Lord and Savior? Can you say that? At the end of the day, that's all that matters. At the end of the day, having a relationship with Christ is, is our everything. And my prayer is that you know Christ personally, that you are walking with Him and you know, we're not where we're supposed to be, and we're not there yet, but God continues to mold and make and shape and conform us into exactly who He desires us to be. Uh, I challenge you, I encourage you, stay in the Word, stay in God's Word, continue to read, whether you read along with us or, or whether you have your own uh, daily Bible reading plan, I encourage you to stay in the Word. Bible says, study to show thyself approved. We need to, to know thy word I've hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Keep the Word close. Keep the Word in you. Pray. Pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. Always pray. Always pray. Let me ask you, what's keeping you from being who God saved you to be? What is it? Can you put a name to it? Can you put a, is it something? Is it someone? Is it, is it a lifestyle? Is it, what is it? What is keeping you from being right now? Just right now. When you say, when you say, you know, I ought to, I, I know I ought to, or, or you know, I, I probably should, or, or what is keeping you from going there? For every person, it could be different. For every person, it could be something I mean, it's how we prioritize. Jesus Christ is our living hope. He's our everything. What priority does He have? When you take your, when you take your 168 hours, you get each week 24 times 7. You take those, those days and you take those hours and you start looking at and inventorying those hours. How much of that time does Christ get of you? What takes up most of that time? What takes up most of your energy? What takes your effort? Where are you? Where are you being spent? There's your answer. That's, that's it. That's what that sort of governs us and dictates us. But in the midst of all of that, Christ is still our living hope. Christ is still our everything. It is, it is He who came, came down to this earth to redeem you and to make you His very own. To bring you from a place of rebellion to where you were running away from God. And to put you in a family that's His very own. How awesome it is what God has done for us. How awesome it is how far God went, the extent God went to pursue and to chase you down. And I pray that you're not still running. I pray there's no person in this room still running. I ask you what's keeping you from being who God wants you to be. And, and some of you still may say, well, you know what, I've still not quit running. I, I'm still trying to, to figure this whole thing out. Let me help you real quick. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. It's that simple. It's not complicated. I was having a conversation with one of our church members this past week, and 
we were talking about how, how difficult some of the things of Scripture were. How, you know, salvation and the mystery of salvation, it's, it's difficult. We were just talking out front between Sunday school and, and many of you were coming in and I was having a conversation about how, you know, uh, you get over into, you got Adam and Eve. He was like, you know, when you read this book, it's, it's like, wow, it, it just opens up. One thing leads to another and it's so deep. It's, it's not just shallow. It's really, really deep. But you know what? It's so simple, though, that a child can understand it. It's so simple that a child can realize that, you know what, I need a Savior. I need forgiveness. I know I'm not living how I should. I know I'm doing things that does not please God. And I want to be right in God's eyes. I want to, I want to please Him in all that I do. And Lord, Your Word simply tells me if I trust You with all my heart. And I put my trust and my faith in You, Lord Jesus. Jesus, You tell me that You... Uh, you're the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man can come to the Father except through you. So I trust you, Jesus. See, it's not complicated. It's really not. We try to complicate it. We try to say, well, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still working through some things. and I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm right there. I'm right there on the edge. I wonder how many people died and entered into a devil's hell right there on the edge. Hearing and knowing and, and receiving and and having it just right there and rejecting it. Do not reject so great a salvation. Do not reject so great a forgiveness. Do not let what this world seems to be laying out there that is so enticing and so important and so it's fleeting. Christ is eternal. Christ is eternal. I want to pray over you before I even get started this morning. I want, to, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for us. I want to pray for this morning. I want to pray for this day. I want to pray for those of you that may be struggling with, in your walk, that may be struggling in your relationship with the Lord, that may be struggling with finding a time to get along with the Lord regularly, that may be struggling in your prayer life. You know it. Listen, you're sitting there. I know I should. I know I really ought to. I know I should do better. And, and there's something standing in the way. I pray that maybe this morning you throw that aside. I pray this morning that you get rid of whatever hinders you. Whatever is keeping. Whatever is keeping. It doesn't, don't you think that pleases the Father? Whatever it is right now that's hindering us. Whatever is keeping us from being everything that God saved us to be. Then we need it gone. So let's pray together this morning that the Spirit of God will come and just lead and speak to us individually. And we hear from the Lord. Father God, we sit here this morning. God, convicted at the fact that all of us could do better. Looking at our lives, looking at how we spend our time, how we spend our resources. God, where our energy is spent, Lord. God, we look, at our, we look at that limited number of hours and we see that, Lord, if we're really honest, not many of them are spent with you. God, forgive us. God, around this room, the snare, the package that Satan has sold probably looks different to different people. 
Probably according to the age, yes. Probably according to the family dynamic, yes. But God, the, the snare and the... God, what's drawing us away from you? Lord, it's still just that. It's drawing us away from you. God, forgive us. God, forgive us. We long to be in the center of your will. We long to be obedient and to walk in obedience. God, help us. Help us, Lord. Me, start with me. Start with all of us in this room. God, help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we looked at Peter. We looked at Peter getting out of the boat and walking on water. Why did, you, why did Peter walk on water? Because God called him out there. Peter said, if that's, if that's you, Lord, bid me to come to you. And he got up and he walked out there on the water. There's another story in Scripture. I love this story. I love the truth of this story. Go with me over to Mark chapter 10. In Mark chapter 10, we read of a read here. Actually, there's not a lot of chapters in the book of Mark, and it moves really quickly. Mark is a is a boom, 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 boom book. It's immediately and an immediately and an immediate book. It's an it's an action packed book. You have to put a lot in in a few chapters. You look at chapter 11, Jesus is entering into Jerusalem. He's telling the disciples to go on into there to Bethpage, and you're going to find a colt. Tell the master that, hey, tell the owner of that colt that, hey, the master needs it. I mean, Jesus is heading into Jerusalem. So the context in here is just before Jesus heads into Jerusalem, this event is about to happen. By this time, most all of Jesus' earthly ministry has been completed. He has fed people, he has healed people, he has brought people back to life. He has fed thousands of individuals, he has worked miracle upon miracle. Scripture says that they brought people all over the place and they were laying them at his feet and he was healing them. That's what Jesus did. He came and he he proved himself over and over and over to be exactly who he says he was. He was the Messiah, he was the promised chosen one, he was the Savior sent from God to redeem back to the Father a people. Jesus had done so much. And this text that we're going to be looking at this morning is of a blind man. A blind man. Other two other verses, two other chapters. Matthew talks about two men, doesn't give descriptions. Uh, Luke also mentions the story of the blind men, doesn't give the names. But here Mark speaks specifically of one blind man who had four A very long time, his entire life he had been blind and he had been begging. He had been hearing, but begging daily there on the streets. And probably had regularly had been hearing about this king, this this wise man, this, this leader, this prophet, this individual. But if you look at the way the wording is, this guy had gone even further. This guy had gone to the point of even believing because his word, he calls out, he says, Son of David, Jesus the Nazarene, Son of David, have mercy on me. Hey, have mercy on me. We're talking about blind Bartimaeus. Notice here, look at the text. Beginning in chapter 10 of Mark, look at verse 46. Then they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. That's where most of the blind people, that's where most of the beggars hung out. 
They hung out on busy, trafficked areas to where there would be a lot of people saying, help me, help me, help me. And throughout a day, they would probably receive. Because because you read a little further, he has a cloak. He has a coat. He has something that in the day and time there would have been issued by the government that actually gave him the right to sit and beg at the entrances of the cities, at the entrances of the temples. So Bartimaeus here had done this for all of his life, more than likely. We know in Scripture we read of stories to where people are brought to Jesus, to where people come near to Jesus, and blind Bartimaeus had heard now that this Jesus was coming by. Verse 47, when he heard that it was Jesus, the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me! You know, this week I, I, knew, I knew all the way back Sunday afternoon that this is where the Lord was leading me. And, and, I'm, and I'm thinking, you know, I've read this so many times. I've preached this numerous times. Have mercy on me. Think about that. Jesus, look at, look at this. And, and really the text doesn't show, the, the exclamation here doesn't show, the wording doesn't show, but he says it twice. Notice, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And you know, that's kind of how I've always read that. Look at the next verse. Many were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out all the more, Son, son of David, have mercy on me. Do you see how I'm saying that, have mercy on me? It's kind of like downplaying the me. But this week I started reading it a little different. I started reading, hey Jesus, hey Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on, on me. Oh me, hey, hey, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Because if, if he was sitting there saying, hey, have mercy on me, have mercy on me, that just sounds a little quieter, doesn't it? But hey, Jesus, have mercy on me. I need you. I need forgiveness. I need what you have. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Guys, that's where every single one of us start. That's where every single one of us start when we come to Christ as Savior. We get to that point to where, hey, Jesus, have mercy on me. I'm not talking about him or her. It's me. Me, Lord. Have mercy on me. Keep reading. Keep reading what it says. And Jesus stopped and said, call him here. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, stand up, he's calling you. Can you imagine what must have been going through Bartimaeus' mind? Have mercy on me. And then to hear those words, he's calling. Hey, Bartimaeus, he's calling you. Hey, Bartimaeus, he's calling you. He heard you. He heard you. Think about that for a second. Every one of us in this room that have trusted Christ as Lord and Savior, you know what? He heard you. He heard your desperate need. He heard your brokenness. He heard your your helplessness. And whether or not we realize it or not, we are just like blind Bartimaeus. Hey, Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And you know what? He heard you. It doesn't matter where you are. 
It doesn't matter how far you've run or what you've gotten yourself into. He hears you. It doesn't matter the mess you may be in or the mess you may be coming out of or the mess you fixing to find yourself in. He hears you. And here's the thing. On a Sunday morning, on today, he, you know what he's saying? He said, hey, tell him to come here. You're like, Bartimaeus, he's calling you. <laughs> hey, Bartimaeus, I, what would you do? If you didn't read on and you didn't read further and you didn't know the story and you didn't probably grow up in church and heard this story time and time again in Sunday school and uh, eventually through the seasons inside of church and know the story, what would you do? Wow, this is real. Oh, wait, wait, wait a second. Oh, hold on now. I, I, you know, Scripture, we, we, we see some other opportunities of people to follow Christ and they throw excuse. Hey, I need to go bury my, bury my folks. Hey, I need to go deal with some land. Hey, I need to go do some business. Jesus calls every single day of our lives. If you wake up tomorrow, He is calling you to something. If you wake up tomorrow, and that's an if. Because none of us are promised tomorrow. That next breath is a gift from God. If you get another one, that's a gift from God. We're not promised any of those breaths. If God wakes you up tomorrow, He is calling you to a purpose. He is calling you to something. I started the sermon off, I started the conversation off as what is, you, what is keeping you from going there? What is keeping us from responding? What is keeping us from listening and hearing His voice of saying, hey, come here? What is keeping us away from the Lord? Notice what Bartimaeus did. And Jesus stopped and called him. Said, so they called the blind man saying to him, take courage, stand up, he's calling you. And notice verse 50, throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and began following him on the road. It says in verse 50 there, verse 50 is a loaded verse. The other two, the other two Matthew and Luke, doesn't mention verse 50. Scripture says in Luke 10, 50 that Bartimaeus was called to Jesus and immediately what he did was he took the cloak that had been issued to him by the government. This cloak was used by him for, can you just imagine, this is a blind man, can you imagine? There's so many different angles, there's so many different ways. This was his comfort zone, this was his warm and fuzzy, this was his familiar, this is what he knew the most. This kept the rain off of him, it was his housing, this kept the thieves away from him. When they were coming at him, it was protection. This was what he used whenever he would beg, he would sit and they, would, they could not touch him because he was unclean so they would toss the money in his lap they would toss the coins at his lap and every day he would move and pull his coins up to him this was his business this was his safety net this was his everything and what did he do with it what does verse 50 say he did with it Jesus said come here and we have here in Scripture a man that threw away everything that made him who he was. 
And he went to Jesus. Oh yeah, by the way, you know what? He was blind. Think about it. Uh, if you throw it into the crowd, literally, if you throw it into the crowd, there's a good chance I may not be able, as a blind man, holy cow, where in the world? You've got my cloak. You got... Why'd he do that? Guys, he knew he was going to be healed. He knew this was it. There was faith inside of him. There was faith to, look, Jesus is calling, I'm going to go. Jesus is calling, he's going to meet my every need. Jesus is calling, I'm going to go where he is calling me to. I'm not going to let. It doesn't matter how long I have been here. It doesn't matter how familiar I am with this. It does not matter what this world may say or think about me. I am getting rid of whatever it is and I am going to Jesus because he's the only one with words of life. He is the only one that can forgive and bring life and bring healing and bring hope. Only Christ can do that. And Bartimaeus threw away everything. And notice this, church. God knows everything, right? God knows everything. He knows the beginning from the end. He's clearly, he's omniscient. He knows it all. And yet, what does he ask Bartimaeus? He asked Bartimaeus there, what do you want me to do for you? Why did Jesus do that? Because church, Jesus wants us to be very specific with Him. When we are walking alongside of Him, when we are in His presence, when we are there with Him, it is okay to be very specific with the Lord and say, God, I need help. I need sight. I need healing. I need forgiveness. I need guidance. I need the words to say. I need, Lord, I need strength. Lord, I'm scared. Lord, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. Lord, I don't know how to lead my home. Lord, I, I want to read the Bible more, but I'm so distracted. Lord, I've got all of these things that are pulling me in a thousand different directions, and I want to be who you want me to be. I want to be exactly who you saved me to be, Lord. God, I want to hunger for your word. I want to hunger for you. God, I want to pray. Lord, I want to pray. God, I want to be a bold prayer. God, I don't want to play church. I don't want to play this Christian game. I don't want to play. I don't want to go through the motions. I want to be exactly who you saved me to be. Do y'all believe God can do every bit of that? He can. He can do anything. He can do anything He wants to. So what stops it? What stops it, y'all? What's keeping you from being who God saved you to be right now? I could sit here and start naming things, and here's how it works. I could, start, I could name 50 things, but if I don't name yours, then you're okay. Good. He didn't mention me. Thank you. That's why I'm not going to mention. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit just show you. What is it? Jesus is saying, come here. Let's go. Come on. Follow me. What is it? What's yours? The package is different for him than it is her. 
And the package is different for her than it is them. What is it? Jesus said to Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do? Let me ask you this morning, what do you want him to do? What do you want him to do? There's folks in this room needs to throw it away. There's folks in this room just need to cast it away. And forget. I don't even know where it fell. I ain't worried about it. Just throw it away. What is it? Bartimaeus threw everything that made him who he was. Made him... I mean, there's so many different angles you could preach that. There's so many different ways you could interpret and personalize it. Guys, I see a guy who had been desperately waiting on healing his entire life. And the only one who could do it came his way. And he didn't care what anybody said or thought about him. He made a fool of himself to get the king's attention. And when Jesus said, come, he threw everything away and he ran to his feet. I'm telling you this morning, you're not accidentally in this room. You didn't accidentally show up. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, then you know what he's saying? He's saying, hey, I need you to let's go. I need you to go be who I saved you to be. And everything that is hindering you and stopping you and holding you back from doing that very thing needs to be removed and thrown away. Because if you look at the rest of the story, he, he, he healed him. And Bartimaeus celebrated and he rejoiced and he followed along behind the Savior. There's nothing stopping us from experiencing that forgiveness, experiencing that newness, and getting in line and following along behind our Savior. I want us to pray. Everybody just bow your heads for a second. Everybody just bow your heads. What is it, y'all? Holy Spirit, speak to them. Holy Spirit, speak to me. What is it, Lord? What's, what's our cloak? What's that thing that we hold so dear and so near and think is so important? But God, if we're honest, it's just a ball and chain. What is it, Lord? God, as your spirit moves around this room, as you speak to your sons and your daughters, as you're being really clear, hey, church, Jesus is calling and he's, he's asking you what you want him to do. He's listening right now. Just tell him what do you want him to do. The Savior's listening.
Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, have mercy on me. On me, Jesus, have mercy on me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for boldness. Thank you for specific answers. Thank you for release. Thank you, God, for giving me another chance, for giving us more chances. God, you got us. We're so sorry. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers, forgiving us and healing us and ministering to us and meeting us right where we are. Thank you, God, for being so present, being so available, Lord. Jesus' name we pray. Amen.